What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Fun topic here today, we're going to talk about Lamar Jackson. We have a lot of Lamar Jackson topics, of course, because, hey, he's Lamar Jackson. But here to talk about how Lamar changes how defenses operate is Josh Reed, our friend from Baltimore Beatdown. Josh, how you doing? I'm doing great, Ken. Long time, no talk. It's been a while, but you know, as you know, I've been busy with two babies at home. So um, it's, it's great to be back on. I see the boxes stacked up in the background, so you moved into a new place, and uh, and we're recording this in the middle of the night at one thirty, which, by the way, is middle of my day pretty much. But but uh, in Alaska, it's only nine thirty. You still look like you have light outside there, do you? Oh yeah, it's actually, we're, we're a lot outside. Actually, this time of year, it doesn't start getting dark in the summertime until about like twelve, uh, one o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So you're in the Anchorage area. And, yep. Uh, still nice weather there, I'm sure, right? Man, it's been really hot. I mean, like, I know it's not hot compared to what you guys deal with, but it's hot, like, for Alaska standards. Like, in my house right now, we, we're in desperate need of a fan. We keep putting it off, but, and the heat rises too. So we have, we live in a two story opposed to a one story that we previously lived in. So that it gets real hot in here. All right. I'm sure there's a lot of people listening to this in Baltimore without air conditioning who do not have any sympathy for your plight. <laughs> but, I'm sure they don't. But Alaska, the Alaska heat is, is real dry. And it's actually hotter inside than it is outside. Hmm. 
All right. Um, let's talk about Lamar Jackson a little bit. And, yes, sir. And, uh, a good article out there on Baltimore Beatdown. You want to go take a look at uh, what Josh has done here. Got an interesting feature that they read the article here, but uh, mechanically. So there's not, it's not a, a reader. It's a program doing the reading for you. But uh, the content of the article really caught my eye as being something that was interesting about uh, how Lamar Jackson essentially changes defenses and how defenses have to play the Ravens. And a lot of people know that that's true, maybe intuitively or because they've been told it a lot of times. But let's talk about some of the specific ways in which Lamar changes defenses. Yeah, I called him the ultimate equalizer. That's really what he is. You know, an offense, you know, the void of an abundance of, of stars. Like, you know, he's not like the Patrick Mahomes with, with Travis Kelsey and, and Tyreek Hill and all those, you know, upper echelon pass catchers at his disposal. Or even Tom Brady, who he has, I mean, they're like five, six deep down there in Tampa. You know, you got a guy like Lamar Jackson, who he's, he's kind of like the, the, the ship, the, ra- the tide races all the ships there in Baltimore. And he's, he, he really masks a lot of the deficiencies of not just the skill players, but also his blockers out there. And it's, it really makes you play 11 on 11 football. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you, you hit on a couple of things there, right there. But I, I think that's something the major grading systems have not really caught on to is how to grade how Lamar Jackson challenges defenses and makes all of the other 10 offensive players and arguably all the other 52 players on the team better in terms of making their job easier. Certainly the offensive players, he makes it a lot easier. But let's uh, let's start with, uh, you know, the forcing them to play 11-11 football. Yeah, um, I guess we'll start off with the, with the running game because that's for, you know really like the bread and butter of the Ravens' offense, and um, the people who benefit to, to me the most from it is the running backs. I mean, when you're when you're playing running back for the Baltimore Ravens, you know that you know it's not everybody's coming for you on every given play because they they have pretty much have to divide their attention between you and Lamar Jackson. Because nine times out of ten, he's the more dangerous run threat than you are. Because if you don't account for Lamar Jackson on any given run play, I mean, the guy can keep the ball and you know he'll take it a distance in an instant and um so yeah that's just something you gotta you gotta account for yeah definitely a a great point to make because you know gap control football is a lot easier to play when you know who's going to have it and it's easier to trail that running back and now you have to actually split one guy off and then anybody makes a mistake it really shows up because the ravens will burn you for a very long play if if one guy gets out of position there have been some famous placements last year where multiple people getting out of position with the ravens very complex scheme double pulls and using a running back who's running you know out, usually out of sidecar last year pistol the year before and then running jackson in some other direction it just creates all kinds of problems for defenses yeah and, and edge defenders especially have like the, the the hardest task to me when facing the ravens because you really don't know like okay i have to you know play my assignment but i also have to make sure that he doesn't leak out backside but you're not going to beat him to the edge i mean there were some moments last year like we know like you know in your podcast previous episodes where lamar didn't quite look as fast getting to the edge or whatever but still he's like he's he's faster than about 95 percent of defenders out there so um you know when you when, when you're an edge defender you're like okay you can't just come crashing down the edge anymore and you just make a beeline for the running back because oh man lamar has it he's running 50 yards down the field so it's just it makes it incredibly hard on edge defenders especially yeah, they, the Ravens often let them into the backfield, particularly that right side edge, who's who's you know front side of Jackson on a lot of plays, and they can and they can see him easily. Go ahead and let him in and see what he does. And 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 the Jackson has proven expert at making that read quickly in the mesh uh, to either hand the ball or pull it correctly to to make a play out of it. Very rarely uh, do you see Jackson really misread that play. 
Yeah, uh, most definitely. And then also, it, it freezes the second level defenders, like linebackers especially. You know, they take those read steps, and then even they have to take another step or two because they're like, wait a minute, I still can't determine who has the ball. And before you know all that pause, is that's all a running back needs to find a lane or find a crease to hit it. Explain the concepts of read steps because we've had this discussion before on the show, but I think it's a really good thing to go over again. Yeah, I, mean, I think I mentioned it the first time I came on your podcast. So basically, read steps are essentially what linebackers or pretty much any box defender takes when you when you first play like not necessarily play action, but when you okay, just you're anticipating run, so you take two steps forward to see if it's going to be a run, and if not, then you bail or you know you move laterally or whatever. But you got to take those initial steps forward so that you can kind of get your momentum going, and just in case it is run, you can get yourself in. At least try to get in position before you know, before the play really gets to develop. So part of the idea behind this is why play action is effective from even pure drop back passers is that that that, that linebacker already has forward downhill momentum on a lot of plays when it's not sure whether it's a run or pass. And that also tells you why play action is really not that effective when it's third and long and they pretty much know a pass is coming. They're not they're not trying to play downhill football as often. But uh, but it's an interesting thing with Jackson because that defender on the second level is almost as frozen as that edge defender on the first level in terms of what they can do. Yeah, and like, football is a game of inches, Ken, and you really just need like a game of inches and a game of like I wouldn't say sec- seconds and milliseconds, but that that small delay sometimes is all it takes for a running back to find a lane, a seam, or for a tight end like Mark Andrews. You know, Lamar loves throwing in the middle of the field to get behind the defense, streaking down the seam, and then you find it's like he's dropping dime after dime. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting paradox here I think for the Ravens because they use the middle of the field so well and we know in our hearts and in our minds that if we if the Ravens could force all 53 yards to be defended meaning the breadth of the field they'd be just basically unstoppable but but the fact that they can um, create so much pressure on the middle of the field and effectively challenge that and that that's enough is the strange paradox of the Ravens offense is that is that you know you say you need to make the defense you know guard the whole field and yet just a little bit is enough to play with yeah, it's almost like that, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know, don't don't try to fix it. Like, yeah, if you're killing them over the middle, why even attempt to throw outside the numbers until you get to the point where somebody can better defend over the middle and they're not necessarily, like, not afraid of Lamar Jackson as a runner, but they're willing to, like, okay, hey, look, we'll take a gamble and actually spot drop our guys and not really take those read steps or just leave those guys in the zone. And that's what you, that's what you cut with what Lamar kind of ran into against the Titans and even to a degree against the against the Bills last year. All right, both playoff losses you're referring mm-hmm. to. That's not the Titans game that they won. You know, no, no, no. Good for that. Uh, 2019, so, 2020. Yeah. Oh, it's uh, let's let's talk about some other ways in which Lamar changes defenses. You know, in particular the pass rush. I would say is an area where he has a tremendous impact on defenses and in terms of uh, for starters, they really need to control their rush lanes more than they would against any other quarterback. Oh, most certainly, because if you get too far upfield, like Lamar's just going to squirt out. And then like I thought like there was a point last year uh, um, where it felt like, OK, it's third and long. Not who was Lamar going to go to? Like, is he going to, you know, third and, long, third and long Lamar scramble? Because those guys were, like said, they over they overcommitted to, you know, firing up field. And he just hit a lane and it kind of just he doesn't even need it to open wide open like you see for some quarterbacks. If Lamar finds a crease, like the slimmest crease, he'll hit it just like that. And he'll beat to the second, third level touchdown. 
Yeah, it's it's uh, he's he's amazing in terms of, of what he can do with a with a hole, and you know the longer they can run routes that have vertical components, it doesn't have to be four verts. I mean, if they're if they're running something that has two two routes that are vertical and another route that's deep, I mean that's going to take a lot of defenders far from the line of scrimmage and create a very favorable opportunity for Jackson to run. And like you said, even in third and nine, third and ten, third and twelve situations. Yeah, and then another thing that I really like about Lamar is like his escapability and elusiveness in the back in the in the backfield because people always assume oh Lamar just wants to run. No, Lamar's always been a pass first kind of guy, and if like he, he's gonna buy more time for himself to you know to try to get the ball down the field, but if he sees a wide open lane and knows he can get 10, 15, 20 yards, he's gonna take it. But you know the, he's always gonna look to pass first. So like I, I feel like his escapability not just. Not just, um, you know, buys himself more time to get the ball down the field, but also just like, okay, this allows me the time not just survey the field, but have some things to open up for me in both the run and pass game. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I mean, you get some great scrambles, certainly, after that. I had, I had a guy on the show who, who brought up an interesting concept of, of time since pressure uh, just a couple of days ago. Zach Drapkin is, is uh, a thing I don't believe has posted yet, but it's, it's a really great piece. I hope people look for it when it does. Um, but he mentioned that, that quarterbacks... When they, on a play where there is pressure, almost always have a negative expected point result. But when they when they have the real gamble that I think they're making is they're saying, I want to take longer and longer and longer and longer to try and still get off a clean throw as opposed to there being pressure. I think that's really the gamble. I think if you look at all the losing hands in poker and you said, well, you know, how did I get myself in this situation? It would, it would, you know, you're, you're already truncating the denominator in such a way you have to be very careful about how you evaluate the, the results. But, uh, but that was, a, it was an interesting concept to me that, that, uh, uh, you know, time to throw is not really well understood. And, and Jackson, one of the highest in terms of time for throw. And a lot of that does result in some good extended play results. Yeah, and like a lot of that, you know, extending time to throw was a result of his own making. You know, like he really, he really masked some of the deficiencies of his offensive line. You know, with his mobility and with the scramble ability. Like I'm not saying that Orlando Brown Jr. is not worthy of his two-time Pro Bowl status, but there are a lot of times where he's not asked to do a whole lot in the Ravens' offense because you know Lamar Jackson can do so much and make him look better than he really is. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Orlando Brown at right tackle in particular, I think, really benefited from the Ravens scheme. I've talked about how many times that so many times on the show. I don't even have to uh, you know, bring it back. What was amazing to me about Brown was the way he was able to move to left tackle and still defend the edge effectively using his length more than his feet. I thought that was that was really exceptional. I think that's that's the reason the Chiefs wanted him. And it'll be a real test for him to see if he can defend Mahomes the same way. So luckily for Orlando, and I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but luckily for Orlando, Patrick Mahomes is a mobile quarterback in his own right. So I don't think he's going to get as exposed as some Ravens fans and pundits might think he might be now that he's not with Lamar just because he's not with the ultimate dual threat quarterback. But Lamar, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is no slouch in his own right. I mean, that guy can scramble, extend plays with the best of them. That's, that's fair enough. And don't worry about tangents on this show. You've been on enough times, Josh, is that we live off the tangent. We, we enjoy any kind of organic conversation that comes out of this. Yeah, I'm just not, I'm just not a part of the contingent that believes that Glenn O'Brien is going to get exposed because he's out of Baltimore now. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think that's uh, that's uh, probably a good call there too. Um, I don't think that means though that Kansas City could go with just anyone at left tackle. I think that they they no. realized I think correctly that that was a position they needed to get stronger. Yeah, they saw that eight game audition for Orlando. Was like this is a guy we can definitely plug and play if we let go of um, Eric Fisher, and that's what they did. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, how about some other ways that Lamar changes changes the way defenses play? 
Um, so so I already mentioned the offensive line, but I want to touch on the on the pass catchers because the running backs aren't the only skill positions that benefit from having Lamar Jackson their quarterback. His receivers and tight end will benefit and do already have will benefit uh, tremendously from his ability to like I said extend plays and buy them more time, not just to get downfield, but just you know to get open, gain some gain some separation. And I feel like if you can mix that step with that uh, modicum of separation with that trust, you know, more more built up trust between him and his pass catchers, he'll be more reluctant to, you know, not just throw to 15 and, and 89 like well, I think Jesse Bates said that for the for the for the Bengals like oh he's always going to go to 89 and 15 but I felt like if he builds more rapport with the more weapons that he has you know the Ravens receivers and tight ends are going to get more opportunities in one-on-one coverage than almost any other skill position groups in the league just because the, the threat the quarterback presents absolutely true and and uh, Ravens invested so much this offseason in additional receiving talent between Watkins and the two draft picks, that it would be pretty frustrating if they did not find more ways for Jackson to get the football off in favorable situations to different targets. So, uh, you know, Miles Boykin, uh, I, I loved him as a blocker, and I still do, and I hope he, he can he can do some positive things for this offense. I'd like the Ravens to run a fresh leg system this year, given how much how much depth they have there. Uh, Sammy Watkins is good, but Bateman's good also, and they can they can both play some X, uh, and and we'll see. Uh, uh, you know, Hollywood probably on the field for half the snaps, I would guess, maybe a little bit more this year, but I'm not expecting him ever to be an 85% snap guy. But I think you want to get more bang for your buck from Hollywood this year just because there's more guys that avert some of that attention in the same way that I think Mark Andrews is going to have the best year of his career because this, you know, you're going to have more guys to divert some of the attention away from him. And that's 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 really I think it's going to be the driving force because what was so frustrating to me the past couple of years was that you know the receivers and tight ends weren't always taking advantage of those one on one opportunities you know Lamar Jackson offers gives you the capability to like okay I know I'm going to be guarded one on one in this play because I know it's going to run play they don't know it's a run play but I know I'm going to be one on one on this guy because they have eight or nine guys in a box. But the fact that those guys consist, I'm not, you know, I'm not poo-pooing on Willie Sneed or any of the other guys, but the fact that those guys couldn't consistently take advantage of, because you can't afford to not have that, you know, in a low volume passing offense, you can't afford to, like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll make it up next play, because you may not get the ball for another four or five possessions, you know, if, if the Ravens even have that many in a game. Yeah, I mean, there you go. It's it's definitely you make the most out of your opportunities, and or you don't won't get a lot. And and Jackson's not shy about repeating targets to the same person as we mentioned earlier in this. One other thing I want to make sure we hit on is is how Jackson changes the red zone game because it's it's extraordinary. The Ravens never throw a fade route. It is just not a team that throws a fade. Now they did throw one for a touchdown, um, but generally speaking, Jackson moves laterally to the line of scrimmage until he finds a target that's a that's a direct throw. And oftentimes, those leak out targets, in particular, Nick Boyle had a couple mm-hmm. uh, of these, have been ones that he's hit in the red zone. And and he's not trying to throw that fade to the corner of the end zone perfectly, which is a not a great high percentage throw anyway. No, and that's the argument I got into at a barbershop because the guy was like, oh, Lamar Jackson's never going to win the Super Bowl because he can't throw a back shoulder fade. And I was like, bro, <laughs> he doesn't need to. Like, if you think about those quarterbacks who can't do, who, who throw the back shoulder fade so well, they don't present the same threat that Lamar Jackson presents. Jamar Jackson makes you defend every blade of grass up and down the field, even though the Ravens like to target the middle of the field, but especially in the red zone. That's why you see guys like Miles Boykin leak out in the back of the end zone or, like you said, Nick Boyle in the shallow part of the front of the end zone because the guys are so worried about Lamar, like, you know, like taking off on his own and picking up those extra four or five yards and running it in that they let those guys go free willy and then Lamar just those little sidearm motion 
and bam. Yeah, our mangles, uh, you know, have meant a lot. They obviously were a big deal for Mahomes, but, you know, this is not a guy you ever want to try and teach to throw one way. You let him Rod Carew, his throwing motion, meaning Rod Carew was a man of a million stances, you know, way back when. He would get in all these, you know, non-traditional batting stances, but he'd be very effective with it. And the same, uh, you know, should be the case with Jackson. He's, he's, he's so effective. You really don't want to change what's right, what's, what's working uh, without really good reason. Yeah, totally agree. All right. It's uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on. It's a relatively short show tonight, but we really appreciate having you on, Josh. I'm sure we'll have you on a couple times during the regular season and hopefully for some time during camp here uh, uh, to, to talk about what's going on with Ravens football. Look forward to these camp battles. Look some of the preseason games after those and, and uh, what's going on there. Yeah, I love preseason, and I usually wait to do my um, my rookie bold prediction series until after I've seen them, at least in a couple of preseason games, because, you know, you don't want to make a bold prediction based off what some guy did in college. You want to see them in some live action and get some NFL competition. And then, like, you know what, based on what I saw from this guy in preseason, preseason week one, two, or even three, I think he has the capability of doing this in year one. I'm not saying, I'm not predicting on, what's this, January, I mean, the July 19th, the Rashad baby's going to have a 1,000 yards. But if he shows out in the preseason, best believe, I'm, when I pencil in those bowl predictions, he's going he's gonna to have um, a, a nice uh, target share and some touchdowns in there. Yeah, well, they, they, I, you will learn a lot of things, I think, by how often Jackson throws to him. Of course, Jackson himself won't play a whole lot of series <laughs> in the preseason. No, sir. We'll see if that connection exists, and we'll see in camp also if that connection really uh, exists in a positive way. I can't wait. I've never been this excited. For, I mean, I always look forward to preseason, but I've, I haven't been this excited for preseason in a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's we missing the preseason last year was was for an analyst, and and I, you know this is true for both of us. I'm sure is is something that you really. Just don't realize what you're missing until it's gone. I mean, you all, we didn't get to see Patrick Queen before the regular season started. We didn't get to see Malik Harris. And, you know, all these guys we really wanted to get a view of didn't get it. Nope. And uh, at least we're getting at this this year. So thank God for that. All right, Josh. So one more time, you are at Josh Reed 907 on Twitter. Yes, sir. And on Baltimore Beatdown, your articles are there regularly. And make sure you come back and check out on Film Study Baltimore because Josh has got a lot of content over there with us uh, on podcasts. And hopefully we'll have you on some for some regular season reviews as well this year. Yes, sir. Can't wait. All right. Wonderful having you on again. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. <laughs> save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app get three pound rolls of juicy 80 lean ground beef for 349 a pound with a digital coupon then get select varieties of flavorful powerade body armor super drink or arizona tea for 77 cents each all with your card shop these deals at your local kroger today or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.